My point is, it's not so much what you put out there or what you say or your clear line and division. It has to be there and drawn, but mentally, and then it has to be internally, what are you willing to tolerate or not? So that if somebody treats you a certain way, you become clear about how much you're going to let those words penetrate you or how much it's going to affect what you believe, right? right? Because you can't control anybody else's behavior, ever. Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. We've just begun the holiday season. Who's excited? And it's marketed as the happiest time of the year. I was reading an article yesterday (laughs) in the New York Times that there are people who actually are taking like the week before to like relax and mental uh, health. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of people say, I forgot the statistics, but a lot of people view this as the most stressful time of the year. Well, we're going to share, uh, put some light on the reasons why there's so many actually. On the surface, of course, what's not to like? In theory, or mostly in our imagination, it's time for elaborate dinners with friends and family, gift-giving and receiving and curling up in front of the fireplace in a comfy space with slippers on. And how nice, you're off work. But like so many things, the fantasy doesn't always match reality. This time of year can be highly stressful for many of us. I don't feel stressed, though. I really enjoy... Look, it's what you make it, which we're going to get into. And I love baking and I love being busy with, you know, having all the family together and playing music. And then there's, then you leave the house and other parts to get kind of and the other stressful. Parts of families, but right? that's where yeah. the opportunity for um, appreciation and growth and kindness come in. So the stressful time seems to compound around the F word. And that would be, family. Oh, worry there for a second. <laughs> uh, Our kids listen to this podcast. I said family. <laughs> so, and that's part of the reason, right? So maybe your life choices don't align with, align with your parents' hopes and dreams, and you worry about criticism, right? Unspoken or overtly. Maybe you agonize over seeing a relative who shares an unsavory opinion loudly and incessantly. Or maybe there's a bit of a feud between two relatives you hope will be on their best behavior. Or there is an issue with the gathering due to an estrangement that one person who's missing, but everybody wants to pretend like nothing is amiss. And still, one more, maybe the one who is always looking for what's wrong and brings everybody's energy down. (laughs) So those are just a few of the things that happen at family gatherings or during the holidays. And I'm sure it's... I'm sure a lot of this also happens throughout the year. (laughs) heightened maybe yes but i think we can avoid it often but but certainly not during this time so today we're going to talk about ways to navigate the holidays even amidst complicated relationships because you can still find joy even in the most challenging relationships and find a way to get past any negative feelings you'll have and we're here to help you find it yeah and what i would add to that understanding is the fact that there are no coincidences right first of all the family within which you find yourself, the family dynamic within which you find yourself, has a purpose. And it's custom made for you. Exactly. Exactly. Right. This idea that we actually, our soul actually chose our family, not because they're always supportive and loving, but because it is a lot of the friction created. And doesn't mean that it's necessarily good what they're doing, but the fr- friction created is actually what's best for your own growth and development. We're, yes, and and we're going to give you a lot of tools and unpack. A, well, why don't a lot we give of, them now? Well, because I wanted to say one thing before that, which is why I said that. Well, I actually wanted to finish my thought, though. But you finished <laughs> your thought, did you not? Go. No, I think 
<laughs> that it's here. This here's our family dynamic. <laughs> Not joking. I think it's very different than we most people think about their family, and certainly to be able to hold that consciousness is not always easy, right? Because I think people have this false belief about around family that it should be always loving. Again, best case scenario, it always is, but this is not the reality, and nor is it something we should aspire to. Well, always everything... loving, but also that your family owes you something, that your happiness is dependent on what they give you, or what they gave you, or your childhood. I think very rarely do we have a healthy perspective for what that relationship is meant to be or grow into, right? We get really stuck on <clears throat> focusing on lack and what's wrong rather than coming and, and really just appreciating that this person or people brought you into this world. Or if even if you're adopted, they they chose you, right? They, they Certainly you were wanted. And no relationship's perfect, especially the ones you don't put the work in on. So I think it's just really about shifting that perspective. Right, but I think, I think the idea is also the relationships and the drama whether it's directed at you or other parts of the family, they are not coincidental. That there's actually growth for you from it. And that in some level, although it might not feel like it, it is actually perfect. And again, I don't think this is an easy thought or consciousness to to have or maintain, but I would, I would ask our listeners to at least start their thought with this basic acceptance. My family is perfect for me. It does not mean that they're perfect. It doesn't mean that everything they do is perfect. But whatever interactions I'm going to have, whatever interactions I observe, there's actually growth for me. And and the fallacy of believing that families are at their best are drama-free is actually wrong. And it's also something wrong to desire because you need to grow. All of us need to grow all the time. And often it is that family dynamic that is not easy that has its drama, that is perfectly prepared for us to be able to grow from. And that includes in-laws, that includes step-parents, that includes the kooky uncle or aunt or whatever. And really, you know, we're, we are speaking from experience. I mean, nobody's above this process. Well, let me tell you, never in the history of humanity has there ever been a perfect family. When I say say perfect, I mean where everybody treats everybody well all the time. television, yes. It's just not reality. And that's a fallacy for romance too, right? We we have these false illusions based on the pictures that we've watched and seen. But every family is perfect, right? For for each individual. Exactly, exactly. Which I think is a very, like I said, there's a lot more that we want to share, but I think just to get our heads to set it up yeah around that understanding is a very important step first step yeah and and if you do nothing else i think a shortcut to kind of get there and this is what really helped me in in years past is that if somebody does something inappropriate or says something hurtful i actually picture you kind of just i'll look at you and you'll look at me and we'll just like smile a little bit because you know exactly what i'm thinking I know what you're thinking, and it's and then the next thing I'm hearing before it became popular in the movie Frozen, the children's film, you're always just let it go, let it go, man. Let well, it more, go. That's what I say. That's what you <laughs> yeah, sound that's like. What you say, <laughs> okay, let it go. And so then I just hear that, and I'm like, all right, you know. And also, and this is again related to that, which is not to take things personally. If somebody blows oh, up on my list, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, jump. But if to somebody it. blows up at you, it's really it's almost it's almost never about you. There's a reason. There's something going on in their in their life and their in their dynamic that is causing them to react in this way. I think a, a big part of the negative reactions that we have from family dynamics are when we take whatever they're doing personally to us. But in reality, 
it's not personal. And like you said, I I I almost I almost always try to be entertained by it, and not in, not in sort of a uh, you are though no it, it's not a in mean a, way it's not but but it is inter- if you if you choose to see it that way it can be entertaining what you have to do though is remove your emotions from it and then just be an observer if you and do that, that it is quite entertaining right and not take it personally i was with some family this past weekend and there was some drama going on and one of my sisters like next time i'm gonna bring popcorn like she was actually really enjoying it because for once she was at the center <laughs> of it in the book, The Four Agreements, author Miguel Ruiz explains why taking things personally sets us up for suffering. And I thought that was kind of a really cool way to put it. If you think about it, it's true. He says, when we take things personally, we feel offended. And our reaction is to defend our beliefs and create, and that creates even further conflict. We make a big drama out of something so little. Ruiz goes on to say, when you truly understand this and take nothing personally, it doesn't matter who gossips about you, because that happens at these gatherings, who blames you, who rejects you, who disagrees with your point of view. Whatever people say doesn't affect you because you're immune to their opinions and their emotional poison. And I wrote about this in Fear is Not an Option. I said something similar. I wrote that nearly every time someone hurts you, lashes out, or says something that makes you feel insecure, it's a manifestation of their own pain. It has very little to do with you, other than that you happen to be in their proximity. Again, that's part of the fuel for the fodder here because we're we're in front of each other for, for a few months. Everyone is fighting their own battle and conflicts will arise. People will be hurtful or nasty. And yes, it will hurt. Just remember, it's really not about you. It's about them. While you can learn something from the experience, you do not need to accept their judgments. And what I would add, and it's really related to what we are saying before, is that when and if you view your family as perfect for you in the sense that it is the perfect practice and growth for you personally spiritually then we can read a book for agreements is a very popular book and read about the importance of not taking things personally but one of the benefits of having a drama relatively drama filled family relationship is that it's the perfect place to practice so you can be a very spiritual person or even somebody who you know again reads spiritual books and knows oh yeah great yeah it's it's good to let go and not take things personally. But one of the reasons, and I think, again, it's important to view this, one of the reasons, this is not just during uh, holiday time, but one of the reasons why your family is perfect for you, it's the perfect place for you to practice and grow. And it is often, you know, we can walk down the street and somebody tells us something, and maybe we're spiritual enough or strong enough not to take it personally, but when it comes from our parents, siblings, uncles, aunts, we take it more personally. So there's almost no better place for spiritual growth than in the weird family dynamics. Well, to your point, you have to see the benefit of the process, whether it's struggle, pain, challenges. So, for instance, you know, I'm I love cold plunges. It's really a it's a mental exercise. Now, why would anybody put themselves through that? You know, I avoided cold water like most of my life. And now and I'm looking rooms, for right. Air. I never and now I uh, the it's it's completely mental. Why am I able to do that? Because I believe in the benefit of it, right? If I didn't, and then I feel great afterwards. That's a very good example. So if you go into the holiday seasons with that kind of mentality of, I see the benefit. Whatever comes my way is an opportunity for my growth. Whatever that looks like, then you can change and almost be excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. It might even be a little painful, but then afterwards you're going to feel really strong and, and really powerful. Exactly. Beautiful. So I think one of the things is important to talk about because I, I think this is a big thing like, oh, you know, just, you know, while of course you can't choose your family, 
just be able to create boundaries. If I can just, I just want to go, and we did say this before, but like you said, we can't, we don't think we can choose family, which is true. You're born to the parents and siblings you have, but your soul chose it. Yes. Chose its Good family, correction. Is a, no, it's not a correction. It's no, just an it, addition, it's, right? Because it's a deep, no, it's true. Because if, I think most people, and you, you bring everybody the list of their their core family, you know, family, uh, parents, siblings, you know, who, who <laughs> I don't think there's anybody in the world who would have said, these are the people I would have chosen, right? Maybe it's, 90%, 80%, everybody in their own drama and family. But I think it is important to understand that, again, and this is part of the work, to say, no, actually, my soul chose every single person on that list. And I, as a matter of fact, I think it might be interesting for our listeners right now to take a moment, maybe pause the podcast, and, and go through the list of your family and say, who are the ones that, if you were asked on a simply physical level, who would you not have chosen? Who would you have chosen? And then to say, but who are you happy to see? Like maybe wouldn't be part of the family <laughs> exactly. anymore. Yeah. And then have the second thought, which is okay, but I know my soul chose every single person on this list. Some of them to learn what not to do. Some of them to learn what to do. Some of them to receive love from. Some of them to give love to. And you can make up your own your own soul's understanding of why it chose this dynamic perfectly. But I think it's a really important. Like, and, and I don't want to put you on the spot. But if if I could, you tell me quickly if I put you on the spot. How many? Not how many, and who? But yeah, I'll the, give you their names. No, no, at the, the sort of the, the the whole makeup of your family. Who are the ones? What percent? Again, by including aunts and uncles, right? So it's not. What percent do you think you would have chosen if you were just choosing from a physical? Well, you place? know the number. It wouldn't be that high, <laughs> but not because no, no, it's not about love, right? right. It's not. It's because I, I really, I do love my whole family, including yours, right? Because we've yeah. been married twenty-seven years almost um yeah there's many people that th there have been challenges and by the way because we've been together so long there's many people who have are no longer part of our family for different reasons right but i can look back at every single relationship and i can also look back at every holiday that we've had and i can remember drama sure but i th it's not in my heart and i can see what i learned from it and what it taught me and and a lot of those experiences that were painful really taught me appreciation and gratitude for the love that I do receive from you and our children and others. Um, it taught me that I am resilient. It taught me to believe in myself and, and really to challenge myself. What do I believe in? To know what I believe, especially when you're faced with opinions that might not be so great, right? So I can, but by the way, I think as you were talking, I was thinking, let me look back for a second, like all of the different holidays and the gatherings. Like I look back at them so fondly. Like even if I remember the drama, I don't feel that there's no pain there. I only remember the highs, right? It's because those things that happened didn't take away from the beauty that I wanted to create. I wanted to create that event for our children, for for us. And so I wanted those memories to be long lasting and pleasurable. That's beautiful. And I think maybe that's another practice for our listeners, which is as you are about to enter into another cycle of family events, family gatherings, holidays, go back to last year, go back to the year before, think about a few times where there was drama, right? And and can you see what you learned from it? Can you see, or maybe what you should have learned from it? What you could, it, now, you now that you feel it. less emotional about it, because there's been space, right? right? If you look back back at it objectively, and and by the way, it's not to condone anybody's behavior, It's not, not. but it's not about that, right? It's just to say, okay, what... What could I have done differently, and and then choose that next time? You know, what did I need to learn right. from that? What, what could I have not taken personally? What right. could I have laughed off? What could I? And 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 now and again, what? Because and I promise and guarantee every one of our listeners, 
everything that happened, all that drama that you can look back on was meant to help you grow, was meant to help you learn. And if you don't do that, meaning if you're not able to look back and, and at least pick off one or two lessons, one or two things you can you can change from, it's of course going to be more difficult going into another cycle of this. By the way, I just got the chills because I I'm like I'm, I'm like a little emotional actually. If I look back and like say what am I? I'm gonna. If I look back and say what am I most proud of in this life? It was to be able to do that, right? Like through meaning, explain through any um, anything that was thrown at me or any hardship or like painful thing that was said or done, I was able to reframe it and learn something from it and grow and then be proud of myself and like who I became. And I look back at the people that did it and they're living a very different life, you know, and it's not, and it's not one that they're feeling happy about. And that's not even the point, but it's just like, it's so clear to me because I actually haven't taken time to kind of just look back at my life in that way until I guess this moment in some weird way. But it's it feels very purposeful. Beautiful. Then, thank you for being uh, so honest <laughs> and emotional. So, as I was going to say, uh, so I think that people often think that creating boundaries is the thing that they need to do to navigate these holidays successfully, and that's kind of dangerous. And I I want to express why is it when you put it out and you explain it this way, it's it becomes super clear. So when we think of setting boundaries, typically we think of it in terms of ourselves, what we need, what makes us feel seen, heard, what helps us feel safe. But from here, we draw boundary lines around ourselves. That's more protection and, and guarding ourselves. There's not a lot of transformation necessarily in that. So let me let me keep going. It's a defensive consciousness. It's about putting up a wall to protect ourselves from other people's behaviors. And from my experience, Setting boundaries with that consciousness is a losing battle because you also miss out on the things you need to learn about yourself. It is reactive. Often the emotion leading that is ego for ourselves. So there is a better way. I'm not going to just leave you there. No, but sometimes we do need to create boundaries. Okay, right. right. I mean, gonna... I mean, because you and I both have done this and, and we do feel that it, it has its time and place, right? When there's somebody who is actually a, you know, a, a, a consistent negative effect on the family dynamic or in the individual. Yes, but my point is, is that if, for instance, let's say you have an uncle who keeps spewing conspiracy theories every time you're together, are you telling them to stop? Oh, that. Is not going oh. to, whatever the thing yeah. is. Even if you, even somebody who's harming you, if you say stop it, sometimes you actually do need to voice it. I a thousand percent agree. But the first thing that also has to happen, there has to be an internal change. You create the boundary within. So my point is, it's not so much what you put out there or what you say or your clear line and division. It has to be there and drawn, but mentally. And then it has to be internally, what are you willing to tolerate or not? So that if somebody treats you a certain way, you become clear about how much you're going to let those words penetrate you or how much it's going to affect what you believe, right? Because right? you can't control anybody else's behavior ever. And sometimes you can't control if they're going to come around. Like, you know, we all have those people that are invited and like who invited them. They always create <laughs> the problem. And but that's not going to right. Because I think sometimes we can act in ways that are cruel also when we make it only about restricting them. And again, it's not going to be successful. And of course, there's a whole gamut of behavior, right? There are certain things on the extreme that definitely should not be tolerated, right? But but Right, right, a thousand. And then there is a whole continuum of what you know. People make a big deal out of maybe that that they shouldn't. I think that's a perfect example, which I do think 
and unfortunately see this all over social media where, where people are are giving different opinions than one might have and that causes a blow up and that's silly right right well so, so, so the uncle opinion, example yeah. right with the conspiracy theories what john gottman says if you want to kind of have somebody hear you you say their name out loud and and i've done this i do this it's funny because after i read this i was like okay i do that exact thing and then i say i love you and i want to hear what you have to say but i don't feel like this is a conversation we should have now or i love you and i respect what you're saying but it's not a conversation i want to participate in and i think that that's a healthy boundary to set right but there's other times where it's really about removing yourself and there are three ways to set boundaries and i thought this is a really good way kind of to check yourself and this is according to best-selling author Nedra Glover Tawab. It's her book called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. So the three things are, the first is do an honest assessment of what you're willing to tolerate. Because again, I think it has, this all has to be internal first before it's you just projecting, you know, no. And, and if I could add to that, when you say what you can tolerate, not, I would say what's the best, what the best version of you. You want to participate in, perhaps. No, I was going to say what the best version of you should tolerate, right? Because the person could say, oh, you know, I'm just using an example. If I hear one person say, you know, that he likes Donald Trump, for example, I'm leaving the room. <laughs> well, that's fine. Right? Somebody's table, yeah. Right. My my point is, no, actually, you shouldn't. I in my and I think I think the spiritual thing would say, you know, okay, that. So I think you have to be very careful, even when you're creating that list of what are the things that are acceptable and not acceptable. Try to be, I would okay, just using the word, be as spiritual as possible. Not what you currently would like or not like. To accept and not accept, but what 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 should be? How do you? Ex- I would say, put it this way: I would expand, make yourself a little bit uncomfortable in those what those boundaries are, right? Because we know people that will say, "Oh no, these are this is my you know I will not tolerate this this this." It's a very long list. Well, maybe maybe that's not the best best version of you. Maybe that's not how you grow. Maybe you actually grow by by okay, there's ten things you say you can't tolerate. Maybe tolerate two out of the ten, right? So I think. I think it's very important what what she's saying to create that you know to be clear with yourself. But I would add to that I think the spiritual work there is to say, okay, how do I expand myself? How do I grow myself a little bit more? Because you grow by tolerating, and again, not on the extreme sides, right? By tolerating, by having human dignity to more things than maybe you had yesterday, the day before, or last year. Mm-hmm. And by the way, and this is a little bit off topic, but I think it is important for our listeners to know. That you grow, one of the tests or important ways to to assess your spiritual growth is how many more people can I have compassion to? How many more things can I tolerate in others' behavior and still love them and still be around them than I did last year or the year Which before? Which is basically you're saying remove judgment and 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 and, and expand tolerance. I think mm-hmm. because it's especially not especially in this day and age. Yeah, because yeah, there's so many things that pe- people have such strong I was opinions actually, on. Um, I was with my sisters and my mom um, yesterday and we walked into a store and we just had a question and the woman was, there was a woman in line and I guess the lady was paying for something, but they weren't talking. Like the woman working there looked at me, she's like, hi, I said, hi. So I said, I want to know what services you have. She's like, here's a card. And and we were going to walk out. My sister stood like maybe four feet behind this woman that was there. She says out loud, I don't like when people stand behind me. I don't like it. And I was like, and, but it was shocking because she wasn't really, there was no interaction, right? And so my sister was, and I'm looking at her, I'm like thinking, don't even say anything because this woman just looked like she wanted to have a fight, right? And then 
she goes on like, I just want to, like, she just was so out of line. But I'm saying my, my point is in today's day and age, people are just looking for reasons to be impatient, to be intolerant for no good reason. We're just like, Who's, what's going on here? But that's that's the narrative. Right. So so I think what we're saying is a big, an important part of, right, if you're viewing our interactions with family, it's really, it's truly this is true in our interactions in the world, how am I growing in tolerance? By the way, even at the checkout line, buying your groceries for the holidays or whatever, you're going to have plenty of everybody is on high alert right now. That's the right. truth. The second thing is when you're feeling overextended, say so. We can't expect people to know what our capacity is. So I'm sure, again, spiritually, yes, you want to extend it because this is where it gets tricky, right? You want to be spiritual about it. You want to say yes. But then also, if you keep saying yes, when you don't of feel course. like you have the bandwidth, people take advantage of that. It has too. to be balanced and you have to know yourself and and exactly have balance but also like as in all things assess whether this is something again because we often have these conversations with people and often it's around family where oh i can i will just not okay okay you know yourself and and, and you're probably right but maybe can you give another 10% right mm-hmm. no if his mother says one more time no i'm mean, again and maybe you're right maybe you're wrong and it's, there there is no black or white but all i'm saying is that to grow to grow and, and 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 to change, how are you expanding that? Maybe maybe you know you would you you, you know his, his mother says that one more time. No, maybe allow her two more times to say it. <laughs> right. My my point is, I think, and again, I don't know. You know, different people are in different places in their relationships with family, in laws, and so on and so forth. But I think it's a mistake to say this. These are my rigid boundaries. Right. You know, again, and you're probably right in setting these boundaries, but are you forget about their be you know, you know, whether you will change or won't change the behavior, whether it's completely wrong or some somewhat right, just for for me, for you, for the individual. It's not a coincidence that I'm around this person who has no boundaries and says these terrible whatever the silly things, stupid things. But for me, I want to grow in my ability to 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 be a little bit more accepting. And the third, which is related, is say no to requests that you don't actually have the time or energy to fulfill. But that really also, I mean, so often we say yes to things we don't want to do. We go places we don't want to go to. You don't have to say yes to everything, because if you show up, it's not the best version of yourself. It's never going to end well either. One other thing I want to talk about is estrangement. It's a topic we really haven't discussed, but there's usually somebody in every family that they've cut ties with. And then nobody ever talks about it, or it's like the, the the uncomfortable thing, but it's prevalent. So according to the Journal of Marriage and Family in April 2023, it said 26% of adult children reported estrangement from fathers at one time or another. Do you think that's a high percentage? Quarter. At one, but it's not forever, right? So you're saying at one point or another? Yeah. I don't know, it sounds just about right. <laughs> and then 6% had cut ties with their mothers at some point, which I thought was interesting. That's, is that true? I was shocked. Where is this from? Journal of Marriage and Family. Mm. That sounds low. That sounds real low. I mean, we tend to think it's the mother. <laughs> no, I just think... <laughs> I, guess it's, I don't know. I thought that was yeah. interesting. And I also, it's not clear when it says adult children, is it male or female? Is it, is it male to male, male, female to female? Right? I was curious about that. Anyway, on any given day, one out of 10 children are currently estranged from at least one of their parents. I was surprised by that. And I was actually saddened, to be honest with you. Joshua Coleman, author of Rules of Engagement, 
theorizes that social media is to blame. I thought this was interesting. He said, Instagram influencers joined by an army of therapists have encouraged young adults toward the view that you don't owe your parents anything and that your first obligation... <laughs> oh, I have a lot to say about that. I know, I know. <laughs> it was a trigger. And your first obligation is to you and your happiness. And really... That's terrible. Mm, but he's so he's just saying you know, obviously he's not agreeing with it. He's, he's just not saying, agreeing with it. That's interesting. And I think it's really important because the relationship you have with your parents is the first relationship you've ever had. It's the longest one, and it should be the most fulfilling. And they are the ones that influence you from day one. Now I understand parents are going to get it wrong. We all make mistakes, and of course there is the disclaimer: if your parent was abusive, or of, of course, course uh, you know, like that. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about parents who love you deeply and did their best or trying to do their right. best. And it might not be good enough on some days. I understand that. But this idea that it just doesn't matter. Yeah. Let, let me just let me say this again, like you said, with the caveat that there are on the extremes, you know, some parents horrific did, abuse. We're not talking no, yes, about we're that. talking about the rest of the world, which is majority. I have seen like normal tensions and conflicts. That's yes, what and there are also parents who weren't equipped. I mean I mean, I, I cannot tell or you. Or were raised times. by parents that were not were withholding to them, right? What were their models? How many times I've had conversations with people in all age ranges where they've, because of their spiritual studies and works, they, I realize now they just they were not equipped. They didn't want to be not the best parents. They wanted to be the best parents they could. They just were not equipped. And and what I wanted to say as well is that I I I know many more children who should have a lot more appreciation for their parents than people who have the proper amount of appreciation for their parents. So just because your So what would you say? Can we unpack what would be the proper amount of appreciation for the parent? And specifically what I mean, I know my opinion, but I want to hear is what do you think they should be appreciative for? Well so it's two parts. First of all, that physically would not be here if not for them, right? Start there. Second Well, some people hate their lives and it's because of you I'm here. I'm just saying. Second, most people were taken care of by their parents physically, right? They they took care of their whatever school, food, house. And then I know, and this is the where 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 I really it really bothers me when you see kids who are older and actually did get a lot of physical support from their parents, still, still don't feel that it's necessary to because they take it for granted. You're my parents, of course you should, you know, pay for my college. And of course you should help me for buy the rest my, of my life. Yeah. And and the point is and even and this is the the when it's most upsetting, even when that is the case where their parents even continue, still you find so many children who are not appreciative of that. So I I, I know, you know we've spoken about this a lot over the past few days. We know, like I said, I think many more children who should have more appreciation than children who have the right or too much appreciation. And therefore, I would, I would, and and there's something that you you've said often since since your father passed, and I think it's so true that when usually, and again, there's always extreme examples, when a parent is no longer in this physical world, you know, no matter how great of a parent or not great of a parent they were, no matter how what mistakes they made, and all parents make mistakes, some greater, some less. You're going to miss them almost always. Well, it's an interesting that ha- thing that happens is when they're no longer here, you tend not to remember so much the bad. Remember all the opportunities that you could have done more. I mean, that was my experience for everybody that I've loved and lost to this day, not just parents. It was that. 
Coleman found the number one reason the parent-child estrangement is. What would you guess is the the issue of conflict? Uh, two that come to mind are either emotionally you weren't there for me, or physically I need you to you know you never you didn't or you're not giving me this. Well, here's what's interesting about your answer. So you would think you'd want the parent involved, right? Based on how you answered it. Right. So what he found in his research is intrusiveness. Interesting. Very interesting, right? But I think there is something to that. They feel like the you parent, say most more than parents 50, are too intrusive and don't respect their adult children's boundaries. So we go back to boundaries again, right? And that's why we started with boundaries and we ended up here again. The boundary has to be more about you knowing yourself and what you are willing to participate in or not. And making that relationship healthy. Because if you don't have a healthy relationship with your parents, it means there's more work for you to do exactly. in creating that health, right? I, I was having a conversation with somebody, who, you know, it's a married couple, and the mother of one of the, the couple has a great relationship with their, with their child, but not, a, not, not the best relationship with the wife of the child. And The child is close to the sorry, father. Sorry, so a mother and a son... And the son's wife, right? So that's the triangle we're talking about. So the daughter-in-law, yes, there you go. Okay, <laughs> you know, is triggered terribly, like in extreme ways, every time the mother-in-law is around. Walks in the room, which isn't always right. But it's not that often. It's not like they're together every day, every you know, every week. My message was, and I strongly believe this to be true, because again, we're talking about somebody who's who's. You know who loves their children and their family and, and supports the children and their family and yeah of course they don't they actually don't have they're intrusive right they're intrusive exactly that's the perfect right. word but not in a way where the where the daughter-in-law can say oh that's funny you know they're not they're not doing anything that is so harmful that should rise to the point that that they're so triggered by it and, and therefore to your point i would strongly strongly recommend again in this case i did if that's the dynamic you're feeling it's probably a lot of work you need to do. Why is it bothering you so mm -hmm. much? Why is it bothering You're an adult. You have your own family. You get a visit every four months from an in-law. And they say, oh, you know, maybe your child should wear this shirt. And that triggers you. You can't handle the whole day, the whole week. Maybe the spiritual work that you need to do. And also look at, I mean, every time I see somebody, why is this mother, I know who you're talking about. Why is she being intrusive? Because she just wants to be appreciated and valued and recognized. Right. So if you see yet, her way, want, you see the desire, maybe she doesn't express it right. And we maybe agree she that is she too doesn't. pushy and yes. she's bossy. She but why is she behaving like that? So try to give her love, right? Try to hear. You don't have to do and you don't have to put the shirt on the child. You can do it maybe the one time a year you see her or whatever, or not. But it's not even about that, you know? So I just think that there's such a correlation there. Absolutely. Um and then the second thing is Coleman cautions against getting caught up in expecting things to be fair. And that's a, a big one too, right? On the surface, fairness seems innocuous, but focusing on fairness almost always leads to resentment. But by the way... Because it's not about what's fair or, not, or what isn't fair. But also, it's what you think is fair, right? Because by the way, if your father or mother or family member is doing something, it's because they actually think that that's the right thing or the fair thing. They could be completely wrong, or you might be completely wrong, or you might be a little bit wrong. But it doesn't even matter, right? It doesn't even matter. It's about being able to freely give and receive without expectations. Yeah. So what this ultimately, ultimately, ultimately leads to is appreciation. Yeah. And I would say probably the most important idea that I would ask all of our listeners to go with 
into their into their family gatherings with, especially this time of year, but of course always, that none of us have enough appreciation for our parents, and especially those of us who experience losing parents, you realize that, of course, there are many things that you were not happy about, you were disappointed about. You can make a long list, but at the end of the day, and I know, Monica, you speak about this often, when your parents aren't there, what you are going to feel bad about, what you are going to regret, hopefully not, if you are listening to this podcast, is that you did not express, feel, live enough gratitude and appreciation for them. And therefore, I would ask all of our listeners, as you go into this time of year, spend time with maybe your parents or certainly family, find the ways, not you know, because your person says, oh, yeah, I'm appreciative. No, no. Find the ways to be more appreciative. So don't just think, do the thought, you know, I'm listening to this podcast, you know, uh, yeah, I should be appreciative, and I think I'm pretty appreciative. No. You, I'm telling you, guarantee that we can, you can behave with more appreciation. Make a decision. What is the one thing you're going to do more? What is the the one thing you're going to express more? What is the one behavior you're actually going to add, change, modify? Because you understand how important it is to awaken appreciation for them. A thousand percent. And to your point, I think I did this last year, and I was thinking about it going into the holiday season as well. What I do in those moments, not even if I, just when I walk in a room and we're at the holidays to awaken appreciation and gratitude, I think about the people that are no longer with us and what they, and I visualize them in the room. Oh, beautiful. And what they would have. that with me. Yeah. And what, I'm going to get emotional again. Wow. And what they would be enjoying in that moment, right? Like I could hear their laugh or what they'd be eating or drinking or where they would find pleasure. And the fact that they can't really, really deeply awakens a sense of gratitude in me that like, wow, I can choose to make this experience whatever I want. And wow, how amazing is it that I get to, to choose, that I get to experience this day? And that puts everything into perspective. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Monica, for again being so open and emotional and honest. Mm-hmm. We want to remind our listeners, especially during this time of year, maybe have a little bit more time off from work, Two. By the way, I even pick out their outfits and everything. It's like oh, really? a great detail. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I like that. Uh, it's so cute. <laughs> Send all your emails, appreciations, stories, comments to Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. We are inspired by your stories, by your sharing with us. Make sure you do that. And I, somebody actually mentioned this to me today after sending me a text. If you have a question whether you should or shouldn't, you definitely should send emails, send your appreciation, send your stories to us, to Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. As always, share this podcast, especially if I would do is any family member, but especially those that you might have some conflict with, or some uncomfortable uh, situation with, send them this podcast. Before the holidays, yeah. yeah right. right now, now. <laughs> And go to Apple Podcasts, write five-star reviews, share this podcast with everybody you know. And as always, we hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. Stay spiritually hungry. Especially during Thanksgiving and holidays. <laughs>